she gets off the plane and runs to him. They're making out, and then the plane explodes behind her. <laughs> She's like, my whole family was on that plane. And I... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Welcome back to the Netflix Book Club podcast. I'm Mike Tui, joined always with my co-host. Hey, everybody. It's Dennis Rooney. Satellite location today. We're here in the armpit of Queens. There you go. I like it. Not the asshole of Brooklyn, the armpit of Queens today. That's right. We're at Dennis's abode. Yep. Mike pulled up. He was just parked right out in front of my house. Right? I'm parked, yeah, a couple houses. You parked a few houses down? You don't want anyone to know? There's there's like an exterminator out front. What? With a big, like, Stop car- recording. cartoonish <laughs> satellite coming out of the top of the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very suspect. Get my bodyguard, because I think someone's here to assassinate me. Do they have a big box of roses? I think Gene Hackman's listening to this conversation. The conversation? We're not doing that movie today. No, we're not. We're doing 1992's Mick Jackson directed, Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston. We're doing The Bodyguard. Wow. 1992. 1992. I was three years old when this movie came out. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Which makes it 30 years old, if you're, mm. do- if you're keeping math at home. <laughs> Did you watch it back when you were uh, three? No, I've no. never. I was talking about this with friends over the weekend, and uh, I have asked five to six people about this movie, and nobody's seen it. This is a movie that I knew from context, like from people talking about it. Yes. And I knew what their opinions were. Right. And I knew that the movie was kind of like a, a shitty movie. But at the time, a lot of people saw it, one. Mm-hmm. And two, it was like, oh, just listen to that song like it was just the song it was Whitney Houston is talented yeah. but then there was just this really long movie attached it's like, oh they made a movie about that song <laughs> and like why but whatever we can get into it uh I had never seen it I had never seen it did you remember the music video no I wasn't really a music video guy of course I know this song sure forget it I mean, yeah. What song are we talking about? It's an and annoying. a one and a two <laughs> and uh, you know the old, you know the the street joke about the song. What's the street joke? What's Whitney Houston's favorite make of car? What's Whitney Houston's? Honda. <laughs> <laughs> not my joke. That's a street joke, but it is kind of satisfying the first time you hear it. That's pretty good. It's not bad, you know. Yeah, it's uh, quite the song. It's up there with Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" attached to Titanic. Uh huh. Although that was a much better movie. Yeah, yeah, but they, they were probably both as big songs. I don't know that Titanic song was big for like years. I Titanic feel like. song is, is was big for years. I mean, it's not still huge, but it's a classic, legendary song. But when I was reading up on this movie, The Bodyguard, because Whitney Houston's one of the stars, she's a star. Her for her acting debut. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. She's a little, uh, you know, maybe stick to singing. <laughs> Apparently, they had to do, like, a lot of cuts. Really? Because they kept showing it to test audiences, and they were, like, legit, like, laughing at her acting chops. There are some moments, and there are a lot of them, actually. Yeah. It's when she's on screen. Yes. And she's delivering a line. Right. One line. <laughs> One singular line. It's usually, it's like a cut to her, and she says a line, and then it's like, just have her kiss kevin costner again like yeah just, you, know. you get the feeling they were like i don't know just make out more it sounds like she wrote some of her own dialogue a couple <laughs> times like some of the things she says she's like now kiss me you big galoof it's like what who talks like that but i can't fuck you <laughs> yeah every time yo anytime someone dropped an f-bomb in this movie i felt like whoa 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 they said f different in the 90s i don't know why I'm, they did you I, know? I, fuck had a lot more in it had in a the, lot more power in the early 90s yeah, yeah, yeah how about them being able to just go to like the corner irish pub 
the dive bar. It was better than a dive bar. But like nobody noticed with Doja Cat or yeah, Megan Thee Stallion exactly. or Nicki Minaj. <laughs> yeah. Of just like this this enormous Even act. if you walk into Larry's Irish pub. Right. In Valley Stream, Long Island. Yeah. Where you could still get beer for three dollars a draft. All they got on tap is Bush. Yeah, and you but you happen you to walk, walk in, in there with Beyonce, with, someone's gonna fucking yeah. notice. That's Billy Eilish. That's that bitch from the television. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna say something. <laughs> hey, I want to. You that bitch from the television? <laughs> yeah, I want to hang out with that guy. But he don't mean it derogatory. He means like, oh my god, this is just the, he has limited vocabulary. Yes, exactly. is, <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect. This is that bitch from the television. He still calls it television. You can't even be really angry at this guy. I was with a colored bitch once. Oh, wow. <laughs> there it is. That's a, what do we get? Five minutes in it? Nah, four minutes, 45 seconds. Damn, yeah, baby. Close. There it is. That's a character <laughs> saying that, though. That's not me saying that. So it's the early 90s. There's no internet. There's no taking pictures. Yeah. You can just go into a pub where no one knows you and, and have a drink. I guess so. No one be interrupted. That's what it is. That's, that's the biggest difference. There's no yeah. cell phones. There's no swarming. Well, that's the thing is you could get recognized, but... You could also just not. You, you know? could just not get recognized, right. too. Yeah. Also, you're with like this white guy who looks like he's 20 years older than you. Wasn't yeah. there? There had to be a kind of a big age gap. And I feel like Kevin Costner has been 50 forever. <laughs> he he looked he looked good, but you're right. He does he doesn't age for the next 20 years. He yeah. ages like four more years. Yeah, that's it. He yeah. looks the same now almost as he did back yeah. then. And his haircut, it's like. I wasn't believing. I guess he saves her life, so that'll that'll get her going. That'll get the engine <laughs> revving. You know what I mean? Getting carried well, out. Well, he but he takes a bullet, but that's later on. That's post coitus. That's a post coital bullet. Oh, you mean the whole like her whole, falling for him at all? Yeah, that narrative happens extremely quickly. Very quickly before you meet his family, which you meet later. Before he yes. takes the bullet, which happens later. Yeah, like this movie just went on and on, like that Titanic song. <laughs> <laughs> on and yeah, like my heart. On. Like that note in that Dolly Parton song. I could not believe this movie just kept going, dude. It was, uh, I'm going to go and say stream it. Really? I thought it was going to be really bad. It was. And it was just okay. Like, there were things that I enjoyed about the movie. Yeah, you know, it was like, it wasn't unwatchable. There was, it, was, it had a watchability to it. It did. Uh, but it went on way too long. It felt like a good movie from 1992 that has not aged well. Well, it, it certainly didn't. But even well. then, at the time, apparently people no. people didn't like this movie that it, much because it was so like boring and like it, he was kind of like the superhero. If a bodyguard was a superhero, like they, yeah. you know, he's he's the main focus, and uh, his move, his patented move, is to jump from an elevated surface of maybe seven feet, yes. and then tuck and roll when he lands. Yeah, he did that what four times yep, in the movie. Yep, and he's always like. It doesn't really successfully ever work. Like, he yeah. tries to hit the car. He misses. He tries to land on somebody. He's, like, behind him. He tackled the kid into the water, which yes. I was like, okay. Or you could just, you know, tell the kid to pull the boat around, you know, throw him into the water. Well, I think he, there's already been bombs at this woman's expense. That's how the movie opens is a bomb goes off in her dressing room. But, like, That's he fair. just knows all of a sudden that, like, oh, my God, the kid's on the boat. There's probably a bomb on the boat. Right. The, the boat does then just explode yeah. to pieces, which right. was... And then they t they really just shoehorn. Actually, the sister hired an assassin. Yeah. That'll never stop assassinating. 
He'll, he'll never stop until the job's done. With unlimited funds? We don't know who this man is. And we'll also kill the person who hired him. Because yeah, he, like he has no... <laughs> what is that? What kind of a CIA operative? <laughs> and how much money do you need to, to finance uh, unlimited assassination attempts? When we find out who it is at the end, that it's uh, Porter, I think his name is. He's uh, Costner Portman. It's Kevin Costner. When he says his name first in the film, he uh -huh. mumbles it so terribly, I made fun of it, and I didn't realize they were going to say his name constantly. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, this is my friend. But, like, how does former uh, secret agent guy turn into an assassin for hire that can be found through connects at an East L.A. bar? Just a mercenary out for money. It's so vague. And... Who, who made that camera gun? <laughs> <laughs> was that Austin Powers making that one for him? It was fucking crazy. That thing was great with the laser scope. Yo, it passed, though. Like, that's the thing is you wouldn't notice it until you're like, why does that camera got a laser beam on it? Here's the thing. They're at the Oscars or whatever it was. Yeah. Not the, I don't the know. Academy Awards. Some some uh, award show. And Brup uh, Brup yep. go, <laughs> goes, hey, listen, I forgive you for... Miami for I, banging your client for Bangladesh. Who I think you might have had feelings for. But it's some reference to some older time when they were in the shit. No, no, it was a, a reference to Miami. When, oh, that had just happened. When remember when he like kind of almost raped her at the party? That's what he was apologizing for. Yeah, I believe so. Hmm, I don't know. I see. I took that to mean once he said that, I thought Kevin Costner knew then. Oh, he's the assassin. He's coming. So I thought it had something to do with some reference that we don't even know about from their past, their history. Right. Because they were soldiers together, right? Or they served in some well, they type were on of... The, they were both Secret Service guys. Secret Service. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I thought he was apologizing for some other thing that we don't really know about. Sorry I got let Reagan get shot on your day off. <laughs> I know you asked me to cover you. I said, no problem. You had your kids. You're burying your wife, we find out later. <laughs> and I really dropped the ball on that one. Uh. <laughs> You know, you ever get someone to cover for you at work and the next day you show up and they're like, thank God you're here and not Steve. <laughs> Steve got Reagan shot. Yeah, the boss is dead. The president's yeah. been the assassinated. The president's been assassinated. But and how's you, your wife doing? How's right. your dead wife? You were too busy. Wait, does he say the sorry? He says sorry about Miami, right? I don't know what he said. I forget that was now. where the hotel, that's where it took place when he forced himself on her. But here's a good, here's a good question now that we, if... If he had her alone, if he's hired to assassinate her, how come he doesn't assassinate her in Miami? Right. Like, he has her in a room alone. Right. Could very... Well, I guess they wanted it to happen in front of the cameras. Did they? I mean, that's what Costner says towards the end. He's like, it's going to be tonight, Rachel. No, but I think he wants to do it in front of the cameras. Well... Maybe in that instance, because it, it would be a mess and you can easily get away because yeah. of all the people true. and whatever, but... That's not true because he put a boat, he put a bomb in the boat, so there was no cameras there. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he goes and, and he shot his sister thinking it was her. Yeah. This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's former Secret Service. <laughs> I mean, unless whoever was hired is like more of a company, an assassin company, and has different people. They're sending multiple people. And out. then they finally got to this guy. Okay, he can do the job. Right, right. But right. I don't know. I mean, we're making. Get the camera gun guy. We're making leaps and bounds of assumptions at that yeah. point. How about meeting Costner's father? With 25% left in the movie. Yeah. He just gets to drop these things. Like, if that had happened and these are in the way of her falling in love, you understand why. But it yeah. was like, what was the purpose of any of all, any or all of that? 
To go to the fathers? Well, no, the dad's sitting down and like embarrassing him and telling him these old stories and like getting to know him. It meant it meant nothing. Later that night, the sister's gonna die. <laughs> the Whitney already is in love with him. It's just I think it's letting the audience know that this old white guy is not racist. He's like, Hey yeah, you guys can come into my house and sleep and blow up my boat, see if I give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, who's gonna pay for that? <laughs> like, I know you're rich. I seen that house. It was just so like yeah, it's a uh, very 90s. It's a very 90 and it's 92. So it's just coming into its own. Yeah, and Kevin Costner was big. I mean, I guess so was Whitney Houston obviously, but yeah. Kevin Costner was like the man. He was for a little while there Robin Hood, right? Um Prince of Thieves. Yeah, but what was the other one? He had some of Was he last in the Mohegans? He might have been. I never saw that. And I think that was a year or two before and then people really liked it and then he yeah. got a bunch of He got some he got some uh lead way he got some rope to hang himself with. right no and he had definitely got some star power yeah. where like he he produced this movie he essentially got this movie made oh did he he was trying to get Whitney Houston to do it this movie was originally written for the set 1970s and they were gonna have Steve McQueen and who is it Diana Ross oh wow Diana Ross the boss oh geez would have been a way different movie. I want to see that movie I'm familiar with Diana Ross I kind of I know Steve McQueen's a famous actor but I couldn't tell you anything he's been in Oh yeah, but I know you're, you're my old movie guy. Well, Bullet and Getaway. He's that the fam- Bullet Train. He's in Bullet Train, the new Brad Pitt vehicle. <laughs> no, that was one of his movies. It's like the famous car chasing Steve McQueen. He was in uh, what was that war movie? Yeah, you would know. Maybe uh, the Great Escape. He was the Kevin Costner of the 1970s. You might say he was big. Steve McQueen's yeah. big. Yeah. This movie, this script though, was rejected 67 times before somebody bought it. Yeah, that's a problem, Kevin Costner. Sixty? No, no, no. The script was written in the seventies. No, I know, but he eventually bought it. He eventually got his hands <laughs> on it, but also, like, it's—I'm sure it's one of those scripts where it's got twisted and turned around ten times. Like what we watched, probably way, way, way different. Yeah, there were no, there were no camera guns in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> actually, that's a very seventies. I feel like. Yeah, actually, it is. It's answer to an Bondi, assassination. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll tie the camera to the gun. Yeah. Even after he shoots her with the camera gun, it's like nobody notices that that, that guy with the camera, that camera just exploded <laughs> on his shoulder, you know? That was great, too. He's shot. There's all this confusion. People don't even know, like, it might have been Kevin Costner who shot him. Like, yeah. they don't know where the bullet came from. They don't know who's shot. Like, Kevin pulls out his gun. But then people he, scream. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. They might even think it was him. I think he just jumped in front of her and shot himself, that guy. Who knows? And then he turns around during all this aims fires blows the guy's head off yeah. through the camera yeah incredible camera explodes with just sparks incredible what is that yeah that might as well that's all that might as well be austin powers that like. should have been act one <laughs> that should have been the first scene in the film and, and then like freeze frame you might be wondering how i got here <laughs> then start with fucking all this other bullshit you know? I, how about the line to the uh he gets the the kid um fletcher there's a kid. No, that's the yeah, that's the child. Oh, the who I thought was I don't know a bad actor. It's tough to say that to a child, but it was like I didn't believe that. Right, you don't have to say it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to call the adult child now. He's forty years old. He'd be like, listen, you kind of phoned it in back in '92. <laughs> I know it was just your first film. Unbelievable. I just didn't believe him. Are you talking about the cocky black chauffeur? Which I yes. didn't, I didn't appreciate Kevin Costner saying. Yeah, that to that's him what I was on. saying. What What was that about? He yeah. goes, well, no, you're you're gonna be my inside guy because everyone knows the black chauffeur always gets. Shot. Yeah, there's one guy who always gets shot in all these situations, the cocky black chauffeur. I know, I was like, wow, okay. And the cocky sh- black chauffeur, in fairness to him, he kind of just smiles even bigger and he's like, all right. <laughs> like, and, and then the second half of the film, no more lines. Yeah. He's just there. He's kind of an important character at first. I don't even, I remember seeing him at the father's place. Yep. Like, 
15, 20 scenes after they got there. Where I'm like, oh, he is there too? Because he wasn't, he hadn't been here yet. Exactly the same thing. Because Kevin Costner drives up in the middle of the night. Uh He gets out of the driver's seat with the family. Right. So where was he then? Yeah. And then, and then they just show, yeah. Then they show a picture of them all talking around the family in the living room, and he's sitting like pretzel. You just see him walk by in the background. You're like, who the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, no, no, that's my cousin driver. He's been here the whole time. Yeah, and he's just smiling, and he does. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't play a role. I don't think he has another line. I bet you he had scenes with Whitney where they were just like, we need to completely cut these out. I guess we can't. We can't even cut around this because if that kid's up acting you, if he's like showing you up. Yeah, we can't put this out. Also, how do you not shoot him? The kid at some point, you say he's going to get shot. You set it up. Or at least have a good like, like when Kevin finally retires and Tony's like, I know what I'm doing now. You've made me a better bodyguard. Thanks for everything. How about the kid getting a little shine too and be like, hey, (laughs) I know you put me in a deadly situation, even though I was just the chauffeur, (laughs) but I appreciate your skill set and what you've done for me. He wasn't even. And Kevin Costner drove up there. I think it was just a mistake. I think it was an error. Yeah. Error. Error. I think it was an error. Yeah. I think it was an oversight. You know what my biggest problem, and I do, I, so wait, are you going to say don't stream it though? Is it that bad or is it, because it's kind of considered a class, like the reason we picked it is I was like, I got to knock this movie off the list. It's like a raspberry. Is that what they call that? it? It was up for a couple raspberries. It's yeah. like, yeah. If, if, so for that reason you watch it, but again, so if, yeah. So if you're asking me, yeah, it's a no stream. Also, ju- okay. Fair. I fair. You know, that's fair enough, but. Yeah, it's one of those movies I felt like I had to watch almost just to get pop culture references. Right. It's like I, I already get some of the references. So my whole life I've just been operating with, it's all about that song and the movie stinks. Yeah. And I'm fine. Like, I didn't need to see right. it. After you watch <laughs> it, you're like, yeah, it turns out that's enough for me that's to That's what it is. Right, right, right. And at the end, and listen, beautiful song, and Whitney Houston can sing. I yeah, hope for sure. I hope that's not a hot take. <laughs> but she, she has an amazing voice. Before she, she can, started smoking all that crack, and Bobby Brown started beating the show. Oh, is that her? That's Whitney Houston, right? Uh, Isn't that the Whitney story? (laughs) I hope so. Didn't they find her in a bathtub in 2012? Uh, That's tragic. It is tragic. But she could really sing. And uh, just listen to the song. I don't know. Just go play that song. song, Be like, wow, that song is great. You walked in here and I put the song on. I had to turn it off after 20 seconds because it was just too weird. Yeah, it is. Two guys (laughs) in a basement apartment (laughs) listening to Whitney Houston. Well, also, it's it's just such a passionate (laughs) song. Yeah, it is. It is. You can see... so. The song starts off a cappella, and at the end, there's a little. They, they don't do the whole song. I thought for a minute, I was like, "Are they about to play like a six-minute music video?" Oh, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a three-hour movie. Yeah, but no, it was just like her starting the song at a live performance, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you see her. It's such a funny kind of. I was laughing. Oh, the the final scene you're talking about? No, no, not the final final oh, scene where okay. they're hugging and kissing at the plane. But like when they just show her singing in front of this audience, she's singing that song. I will always love you. Yeah. And she starts hitting the big notes, and her mouth is wide open, and you just see her tongue like undulating, and it was almost. I was like, I can't watch this. this is fucking, <laughs> I look. I feel like I'm looking down this person's like. I don't know. I feel like a doctor <laughs> looking for strep throat or something. You're like just, when when her face starts to become translucent in the scene, and then they bring in him, uh-huh. Costner, because he doesn't retire. He goes no, on. He goes to, on to the next one to be the bodyguard for somebody else, and yeah. then it's like that freeze frame that I laughed so hard. And the song is playing, and it's still playing, and it's just Kevin Costner standing behind a politician or something. Yeah. What a cringy! Just yeah. the what is so this 90s. movie? The bodyguard. But at the time, that was probably like, oh wow. I don't think so. He's I, there to protect. I think they were laughing. Even then, Maybe. I think they were I laughing. Was laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because sure. it's like, what the bodyguard? Like, yeah. it was like he was a superhero, but he was just a bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, Whitney does say, my bodyguard. 
And it like you could tell. I just for he's me, my bodyguard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She said she it says like, that. And then it's like the cut to another scene. It was like that's yeah. all they could use. You know that they did that a hundred times. Yeah. Like let's just. Get her to say bodyguard. Anytime she's singing or dancing in the movie, she's killing it. That's what it is. It's I mean, just, she's having a serious conversation. Go like. look up a Whitney Houston concert from ninety yeah. three. There you go. And uh, it'll it'll be better than the two hours plus that this movie was. My biggest problem with this film, of which there are many, even and though I did several. kind of enjoy it. I did pretty much enjoy it. Is that in act at the end of Act Two, they're at the cabin. And Frank Farmer comes across uh, Nikki, Whitney Houston's sister. Okay. And she's drunk, and she reveals that she's the one who hired this hitman. And he'll stop at nothing. <laughs> yeah, she, she's unraveling because that could have killed the, the boy. I would never hurt the baby. Right. Fletcher's like 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she's about to be assassinated herself. Yeah, so. she's about to get killed by the guy she hired. But she tells this to Frank Farmer. She dies a few minutes later. Frank Farmer... Never wrestles with his conscience about sharing this information with Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. He just sits on it, and we ne he like like that doesn't become a huge thing in the movie where it's like your sister tried to kill you. Does he tell her? He never tells her because then the next scene they're like at the funeral. Yeah, they're just at the funeral, and like he never tells her. But you kind of say, all right, maybe he was wrestling with himself, and he's like, it's best for me not to tell her. I don't want to ruin her memory of her sister who's now dead. But it's like he does, we don't even get to see him wrestling with himself over that. He just puts it in his pocket, never fucking mentions it, and it's never brought up again in the movie. That's his move. I guess That's so. his move. Because she even she even says the sister, she goes, Don't you want to know why? And he's like, You already told me why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has everything. And I was kinda like, Yeah, it was like that was enough. Yeah. And it's also, like, by the way, you've gotten all the spill off from everything. So why don't you shut your fucking mouth really? and enjoy the coattails? And it's like, oh well, you go sing a go sing a church song. No yeah. one's stopping you. She's like, I did feel that though when she yeah. was singing, and then Whitney comes out and starts singing as well, and you mm. can see in her face be like, Bitch, let me sing. <laughs> let me sing for five minutes yeah. without you buttoning in with that better voice and shit. Yep. Yeah. I don't know that because nowadays that would be a huge part of the film. I feel like where it's like, do you tell her? Do you not tell her? Is the truth more important than your memory of your? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they didn't care about the sister because you could have had the sister who had a a lot of potential for storylines. Yeah, if anything, that's why they kill her off because they're like, we don't want to have to deal with all the messiness of her sister being the one who hired it. So let's just, when we make the reveal, she gets killed right away. Yeah, you never get connected, uh, too connected. That's why he always moves on to the next job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the bodyguard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw, get drunk and throw knives in my backyard until the next payday comes along. $3,000 a week. Yeah, well, not a bad paycheck. Yeah, oh, and I did the uh, inflation rate to whatever. So. Did you? Yeah. What so is it, now? it? It would be as if he was making like two hundred forty-six thousand a year. A year? Okay, okay. So it's pretty good. Okay, so like a, from one hundred and fifty about thousand a year to an extra grand a year. Now you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's is that enough for you to die for a pop star? Two hundred forty-six thousand a year. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, well, we get we get about a hundred thousand from the podcast, so <laughs> that kind of a bump would be good for us. <laughs> Does it include snacks? Yeah, right. Uh, I guess it includes all his food and drink and uh, accommodations. You know, well, you get to bang Whitney Houston. Is you that get part to bang of it? Your client too, but I can't fuck you. 
What a weird line. I kept thinking it's a PG-13 movie until they dropped yeah. the four F-bombs, and I go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that first one, and I was like, oh, wow. And yeah. I, I literally said the same thing. I said, oh, I, maybe it's a PG-13, because they said it one time, Yeah. but then it was just all thrown to the wind. That's why F-bomb has more power, too, back in some of those 90s movies, is because like I feel like before Pulp Fiction came around, where they were just like, no, we're going to write it how people really talk, right. which is F-bombs every third word or whatever. Yeah. Before that, they were, even in R-rated movies, they're like, only the bad guy will say an F-bomb here mm. and there. You know, they try to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, um, it was distasteful. They were, uh, here's an interesting factoid. They were going to make a sequel. Kevin Costner was very close with Princess Diana and that, tapped her and was like, yo, you want to be in the sequel to The Bodyguard? It just became a documentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad, yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, there it is. Princess Diana was on board. She's like, "Yeah, I'll be in your American film." Yeah, and apparently, the first draft she got the first draft the day before the accident that killed her. Oh my god! Yeah, Whoa. talk about bad time. Talk about how bad would must have that script been? <laughs> She's like, "I'd rather get killed in a car accident." Jeez. Yeah, yeah. She never had a good singing voice, though. It never would have worked. No, probably not. They just dub it over with Whitney Houston's voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then they were like, maybe we'll go back to Whitney. And then Whitney's on crack and then dying in a bathtub. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we just leave it as Let's stop reaching out film. to people. Yeah, right? That's a movie. That's a horror movie. You keep reaching out to people for a, a, a role in a film and everybody keeps dying. Right. It's like, have you ever? Yeah, yeah. that's a bad screenplay. But uh, they are making a re they're penning a remake of this film. How do you feel about that? For who? For what? I don't know. Yeah, who do you put like do you put like um Doja Cat or who's the WAP girl again? Who's the fucking stripper turned pop star? Wait. Oh, not Nicki Minaj? Yeah, Nicki Minaj. Oh. Like imagine her being in a film. Yeah, of course I can. Where Well, cuz uh, Megan the Stallion was in uh, She-Hulk. <clears throat> yeah, but she was barely in it. She wasn't like the star of the series. Yeah, okay. And she was, well, I guess they would pl be playing themselves. But like having like a, <laughs> having one of those uh, pop stars do like some long dramatic, like didn't we learn from Whitney Houston, just let him sing, don't right. go forcing him into a movie? Yeah, I bet some are better than others. Whitney didn't have it. Yeah, Whitney didn't have it, I don't think. She was beautiful, but... Well, she know. wanted to get acting lessons, and apparently Kevin Costner and the director discouraged it. They were like, no, we want you to be natural. What? And then I bet two weeks into it, they are like, we should have fucking done this. <laughs> Why didn't we get her an acting coach? This is insane. <laughs> we want her to be natural? What the fuck were we thinking? I like how they get into her fortress. They get into her fortress, like the security just out yeah. of control security. Yeah. He finally gets in, and then once you get into like the inner layer of the house, there's just like... 50 people in there yeah there's just everyone dancing there's people running around there's publicists there's security there's uh working guys there's just people everywhere yeah. it's like this is not it's like the playboy mansion almost. yeah i guess it's just people yeah, I running guess. amok i just was surprised there'd be so many people in there wouldn't you have cracked down a little bit once some guy broke in and jerked off on your bed but you don't tell her like you that? don't tell i can almost understand not telling her something like that i don't but know once you decide where it's like okay security's an issue right then yeah you gotta tell her you gotta right have someone at the gate and then she gets a letter delivered to that nightclub that they threw together in like 20 minutes yeah. somehow an event and she reads a letter and then the security guy the main the head guy forget his name who hired Kevin Costner in the first place Tony no not Tony oh the other guy yeah, yeah the yeah. other guy the, the British guy the older uh, black guy Oh, the older... I don't know who he was, really. He was kind of like... Was he, he the dad of her? No. He was like head of security, I thought. Yeah. And I then guess. he had Tony, and then he went and got this other then guy. he's like, I suck at this. I need to bring on my friend. Well, so he gets this letter, and he goes, we got another one. 
And, and Whitney Houston goes, another one? Yeah, what do you mean another one? He's like, like, oh yeah, this thing I've been hiding well, that's from right. you. How did you do that? Yeah. What, did you forget you were hiding yeah, it? that one up. The, <laughs> whole, the whole point of Kevin Costner being the bodyguard was keeping it a secret from her. And then right in front of her, you're like, we got another one. Oops. He says that, we got another one. Kevin Costner just ribs him with the elbow. We're like, shut up. <laughs> She's right there. She's like, what are you talking about? Next nay on the other Next one. Next nay on the ransom, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> there was no ransom either. It was just like, no, I'm, I'm going vague, to vaguely murder you. I like the stalker, not the murderer. not the. Uh, I like just the weirdo stalker So guy. he was the one who was writing the letters. No, no, yeah. no. I that, have that voice in my head all the time. That might, <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the best part. No, yeah. no, no. no. That was a little creepy. He was a good actor. So he was the guy who... He should have played Whitney's role. <laughs> 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 and I... <laughs> uh, yeah, because he wrote the letters, and then the sister just opportunistically hired a hitman. Yeah. So that guy was still out there, I guess. There should have been... They could have wrote a better reason for her hiring a hitman than she has everything, I have nothing. Because it's like, first of all, you don't have nothing. You have family. You have a job, thanks to her. You're right. You have clothes on you. Like, you're living lavishly. And that is your sister. So like, And it's your sister. The, yeah, the smarter thing would have been ransom. Would have been ransom. Yeah. Get the money, and then she's still alive. Just this whole thing of, like, I got stoned and drunk, and I hired a hitman in a bar in East L.A. It's like, you did? You've right. shown no signs of malice throughout the entire <laughs> film, and now you're the mastermind behind all this? It's like right. fucking... It's kind of bad, right? She tried to bang Kevin Krasner. Yeah, what was that about? Because it, it was all about the bodyguard. That guy was irresistible, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Unassuming. Right. You I think never... the chauffeur made a move at one point. He was like, <laughs> just cut it out. I'm on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was the scene when he was throwing knives? What was the purpose of those first two knives? I think that was just being funny. I guess. I like that. <laughs> I was like, is this guy going to be a crack up the whole movie? And then he never made another joke. Nope, not, one, not, one, not one moment of levity. The yes. rest of the film. He just fucks with future employers. That's the only people he messes around with. Everything else. That and uh, orange juice he loves. What is that drink of choice? I was trying to figure that one out. And it's, listen, it's viscous. It's acidic. Was it OJ? I'm not saying I never... I love orange juice, but I cut it with water. OJ Simpson? I don't Simpson? drink 16... A, a quart of water? Give me a quart of water. Or <laughs> orange juice. Give me a half gallon of orange juice in the carton. If he's just slugging that everywhere he goes. <laughs> she drinks it and spits it out like, ah, yeah. She's like, this is disgusting. He's like, I like a lot of pulp. <laughs> yeah, this guy was a weirdo. He was a weirdo. He was good at his job, though. He was ex excellent. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to, I guess. I wonder if real bodyguards watch this movie, though, and they're like, no, <laughs> no, he didn't even check the perimeter. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Whitney Houston had a miscarriage during this movie. Are you serious? It's got to be rough, right? Jesus Christ. Who can blame her for having no acting chops? She just had the worst <laughs> experience of her life. She comes on to set one day. They're like, you ready to go? She's like, not really. <laughs> they're like, you look different. Weren't you pregnant yesterday? Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess it must have happened early on because otherwise they wouldn't be filming her with a belly like that, right? I, <laughs> this is this is this even is, for us. This is, <laughs> but I'm treading lightly. I'm not. I'm not diving head first. This here. is new information to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess they. I'm just making shit up and throwing it. Shit <laughs> like, you know, she wrote a dragon in the first draft of the film. You're like, what? That's crazy. It's like, wow, yeah, she had a miscarriage during filming. She did have a miscarriage during filming, yeah, Jeez. which is fucking awful. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Damn. Well, does that... Okay. Yep. 
So she's dead now. She's dead now, but she's remembered lovingly. We don't <laughs> like to think of her in her later years. We like to remember her as the bodyguard's client. <laughs> Young, pretty, had a great voice, had money. Oh, man. Yeah, they'll make a uh, bodyguard, too. Yeah. They make everything again. They do. And Kevin Costner's still alive. Still looks the same. So let's go. Sign me up. The aging bodyguard. The aging bodyguard. The geriatric bodyguard. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see his move. He could still do his move, which is just kind of falling down a little bit more gracefully yeah, than yeah. somebody else. He just Willy Wonka falls downstairs <laughs> and then pops right back up. Did pops you, his hip. Did you... Uh, also, never threw a knife the whole movie. That He threw one at Tony in the kitchen. But you would have thought... There'd be a lot of knife throwing in this film after what he does at the beginning, you know? What did, what was Tony doing? I don't recall. So he, so Kevin Costner pulls out Whitney from the riot at her makeshift concert for the music video. Which was so bizarre. So bizarre. That whole scene was bizarre. And he's already set up with this chauffeur. He's like, we're going to we're gonna use a side exit. Don't go where yeah. they tell you to go. Go where I tell right. you to go. So he takes her home and leaves like the rest of her posse there including Tony the original bodyguard. Yeah, Tony came out the front door like where is where's the yeah. car? Yeah. So Tony looks like Tony shows up at the house. He looks like he just had to walk 10 miles through the rain. <laughs> I don't know, they didn't have taxi cabs, I guess, in LA in 92. So Tony shows up wet and miserable and he just starts fighting him in the kitchen. Right. And there's no words exchanged. He just starts fighting Frank Farmer. Oh yeah, he has he throws a haymaker and yeah, it's like, like the first punch and he, he threw misses, like grandma could have dodged. Four it. feet misses. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So Frank Farmer is easily handling him. Yeah, yeah. And takes even, him right down. Even like turns his back twice and he keeps on going more and more. And then finally Frank or Tony picks up a knife, like, let's go. Knife fight time. Right. And then he Frank throws the knife at him and he delivers this great line. He goes I don't want to talk about this again. Because <laughs> they didn't talk. There was no words exchanged. Like, he walks in. Tony walks in. Tony doesn't even walk in and be like, what the fuck? Right. Tony just walks in, laughs, and walks up to him, tries to throw the haymaker. That was, I kind of liked that scene. <laughs> like, that scene, you could still do that scene today with the exact same dialogue. And it would be like, oh, that's kind of a cool little scene. Yeah. yeah. No, you need it to. There's there's about 40 minutes you could have cut out of this movie. Probably, yeah. Make it an hour and a half. Make yeah. it an hour and 20. And it's just the bodyguard. There's no good reason on, on God's green earth why this was over two hours long. Yeah. The publicist is a slime ball. Mm -hmm. That was nice. I don't know. That character, that exact character, yeah. like the British slime ball who wears a blazer yeah. and a t-shirt and slick back <clears throat> hair. He's still running around in movies today. Mm -hmm. You still see that guy. He doesn't care about the person he's... Right. You know. It's all about the money. Right. Even after she gets... Or she, they attempt to shoot her with the camera gun. What does he do? He p bends down and picks up the note from the envelope that says she's the winner of the Academy Award. Right. And he just like wipes it and he's like, oh no, it's ruined. I was like, no, it's, what are you talking about? I, I didn't think he should have wiped it. It looked cooler. It looked cooler without yeah. the wipe. That's what I was thinking. Or he should have dabbed it flat. <laughs> you ever have to do that? It's something you know you don't want to smear it, so you just dab it flat like if you're using a very inky pen. Right. But yeah. your whole apartment's drenched in plastic, so you didn't... <laughs> what didn't splatter anywhere? I wonder... I didn't look this up. I should have looked this up. I did a little bit of research, but I didn't look this up. Kevin Costner jumping in front of her to get hit by those bullets. Yeah. That's such a classic iconic like not seen because i'm sure that movement has been done in movies before that yeah but like someone running and jumping you know save the president oh and the secret service guy jumping in front of the yeah always it's always been dumb to me because it's like all right 
you time it exactly right where you jump. It's not like you run towards the your client and you stand in front of them. You're literally jumping past them and timing it. Or I think you're tackling them. I think you're grabbing them and taking them down. And taking them down with yeah, you. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because I always think of the like even like Homer Simpson running and jumping through the air. No. Yeah. yeah. And then just like landing and someone <laughs> getting shot anyway. <laughs> But I wondered after watching this movie, I was like, has anyone ever actually taken a bullet like that while jumping through the air to save like a president or somebody? Huh. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. You don't. I don't know. To be continued. We'll have to look into that. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) You do the research and let us know, curious listeners. Did you look up the uh, Rotten Tomatoes? No. I did. All right. Let me think. I'm going to go with... Four forty-two. It's lower than that. Thirty-eight. Still lower than twenty-five. <laughs> no, thirty-five. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's about right. That's the <laughs> aggregate, right? You said whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's the main. I mean, well, because that's what I call it. But I think it might be the critics. But I don't know. It's the main one. Okay. That you see, unless you click into Rotten Tomatoes, then they split it up. Right, right, right. So yeah, thirty-five, and that's what it is. It's thirty-five. It can't be higher than 35. I'd give it 40. <laughs> I'd go 42. I mean, it's long. It's, it's too long, long, but it's not like... I mean, it's, it's long too long by 90 standard. Two hours is almost like the standard today, I feel like. No. I feel like the 90-minute movie now is reserved for horror movies and low-budget films. Yeah? No, yeah. The people make a 90-minute movie. Even like a rom-com is two hours nowadays. Mm. Although you get you get more 90-minute movies on Netflix, you know what I mean? As like Netflix originals as okay. opposed to like theatrical releases. And that's de- definitely what I'm basing right, right. my idea well, on. Well, there's here. not so many. Yeah, there's just not so many theatrical releases that are only 90 minutes nowadays. It's very few and far between, I feel. I feel. Huh. And then you got The Irishman, three and a half hours three long. Three hours, yeah. Three and a half. <clears throat> well, so much of it is just Whitney singing. So it's like it's not bad, but at the same time, it, it does nothing for the story whatsoever. Yeah, but I, I guess if you hire Whitney Houston to oh, no, be I, in a movie, like, it's like I get she's it. gotta sing. I get it, but it adds nothing except time. I kept thinking, you know, a movie I kept thinking about when I was watching this. I already kind of brought it up, but Austin Powers three, yeah, with Beyonce, because that was like her big film debut, okay. and she's one of the biggest superstars in the world at the time. She still is, arguably. Oh yeah. And, like, Beyonce was fine in Austin Powers. I'm sure she had an acting coach. She was better than Whitney Houston was, was in this. Oh, yeah. I don't think Beyonce ever sang in the movie, though. Um, They definitely did some dance numbers, right? Definitely some dance numbers. Oh, wait. Actually, I think when we're introduced to her, she's singing in a band. That's what I mean. She's with them, but yeah. is she, like, singing? Probably. I right, don't right, recall. Right. Goldmember, I remember watching it being like, yeah, it wasn't as good. But then re-watching it. And thinking, oh, this was pretty good. There's actually. still, I mean, all three of those movies are fantastic, yeah. in my opinion. <clears throat> Goldmember is great because you get the Dr. Evil monologue about his origins. Yeah. It's like, I grew up in the Deutschlands. You know, the father who was a maniac genius, or, you know, I, yeah. I'm fucking it up, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely would rather watch any Mike Myers movie other than so The Bodyguard. You're giving The Bodyguard a stream it, huh? I don't know. Maybe you're talking me out of it. Well, I don't want to talk you out of it. I feel like it's a it's a stream it again for the fact that it's such a referenced film. You know what I mean? Like it's an like it's still the number one best selling movie soundtrack of all time. Oh, it thirty uh, years later beyond Titanic. Uh, yes, By, uh, beyond Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> did move a lot of units, dude. dude it had uh, P Diddy's Come With Me. It was Puff Daddy it had at the Green time. Day. Green Day's Brain Stew with yeah. that. Yeah, in, in between. Yep. 
<laughs> I think I, I think I kazaed that album. Oh, I, I owned it. You owned it. <laughs> my, it was my first CD I ever bought. I bought two CDs at from Blockbuster. Uh huh. I must have. I, don't know, I was eleven years Those old. Those were the days. I don't know how old I was. Yeah. I got Beastie Boys' "Hello Nasty" uh-huh. and the Godzilla soundtrack. That's a good mix. That's a good white boy <laughs> mix right there. That's a good white boy mix. Um, the second place I believe for most soundtracks ever sold Saturday Night Fever, oh, which makes a lot of sense. Right. The BGS and stuff. Yeah. But if that's in second place, like like I read it was, it's ten million copies under. This like the, the bodyguard sold ten million copies more than the second place, which right. is fucking wild. So that's that's the answer. Buy the album. Go buy the album. Go buy the album. Everyone else did. I bet this is a good watch for a couple though too. That's what I kept thinking too when watching this movie. Is I was like, so many boyfriends got dragged to see this movie, and then there was a just enough to keep them kind of interested. Oh, I think they- I think you're a misogynistic pig. <laughs> <laughs> How come? How come the women weren't being well, dragged? I, well, the movie? I was exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'll tell you, I watched this with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Okay, and she fell asleep. She didn't care for she it. She was huh? like, "This is so bad." She's yeah. like cringing. She just passed out. I didn't wake her up. I'm like, "Well, yeah, right. no reason." She woke up with oh, like I would have been like, "No, she, no, no, if I gotta sit through this, you gotta fucking sit." She through She woke this. up with like 10, 15 minutes left. Didn't miss a thing. Yeah, you know, she's, she's like, just, "What happened?" You're like, "The sister did it." She's like, "No shit." <laughs> yeah, <she laughs> right on time. She's like, "You know, let me let me guess." There's Whitney. There's the bodyguard. I mean, it pretty much. That's the whole. That's she all you just need wakes to know. up at the end to the song. She hears, yeah. and uh, she's like, "What's going on? What happened?" Yeah, that final, the freeze frame on him with the music. Yes. She was dying. The she, freeze frame she was could not. The freeze frame should have had like texts inlaid over it, like Frank Farmer was shot two <laughs> months later, <laughs> or like the next five clients of Frank Farmer's were murdered under his supervision. Yeah, he decided to retire shortly afterwards. Oh my God, Rachel Marin. Died as well. (laughs) Rachel Maron was murdered two weeks after uh, Frank Farmer left his position. He never forgave himself. Drowned himself in whiskey. How about she goes off on the plane? They say their goodbyes, Uh and then they she makes. Let's get this over with now. Give me a kiss. She makes the pilot stop. Yo, and the pilot's ready to stop. He just jams on the brakes like like there's not a fucking million dollar vehicle in motion here, lady. Um, this is an airplane. (laughs) Whitney, what are you doing? What do you mean stop? I gotta, there's like... Yeah, if this were a coach bus, sure, I'd slam on the brakes and <laughs> still fuck up our whole system, but, you know, I could do it. She says, wait! Yeah, you and gotta... The, the pilot's like, I'm glad you said something, because <laughs> I was gonna let us roll forward a little bit further, but I was gonna stop the plane myself if you Is didn't it, Isn't there it. FAA regulation? Hold on, we're actually not leaving. Yeah. No she, takeoff. They slam on the brakes, she gets off the plane and runs to him, they're making out, and then the plane explodes behind her. <laughs> She's like, my whole family was on that plane. And I. <laughs> That's good harmony there, Mike. We should Frankie Valley inside of us or something. <laughs> yeah, this movie's weird. <laughs> Even like the opening scene where the, the her dressing room gets blown up. It happened so fast. Dude, it happened so fast. I was like, what the fuck? I don't even know whose dressing room this the, is. The pacing was wrong. You just see a room. And three seconds into panning the room where there's nobody in it, it just explodes. And you're yeah. like, I don't know what that was. But before that, there's something. The, the, the movie starts earlier than that with Kevin Costner, right? I think so. They show him as a bodyguard and something. I don't even remember what happens. And then you get, okay, I guess they're going to introduce Whitney. And you see her at the, you see a dressing room. You don't see her. And then just, boom, explosion. And yeah. it's like, okay, she's in danger, presumably. Where's Fletcher's dad? We oh. find out that Kevin Costner's wait, wife is dead. Wait a second. I think we just found another plot hole. What happened? Because if there's an explosion that early on, and uh-huh. then the guy goes and hires Kevin Costner, who planted that bomb? 
the original the assassin Portman. Assumably. So, so the so or the, the company that Portman works for. So the sister had already <laughs> hired somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that had nothing to do with the letters. No, that's a fact. Yeah, that has nothing to do. The the assassin had nothing to do with the letters. The letters were sent by the weirdo. No, no, no. I understand that, but yeah. had the letters already been sent? Yeah, the letters. She I says guess that when she confesses to him at drunkenly, she's like. She's like the letters were already coming before I hired the assassin, so okay. she thought it'd be like an easy frame where like no one would sus- suspect me, you know? Right. And obviously, the guy who wrote the letters was the guy who jerked off on the bed. Yeah, and he played some type of like maintenance guy or pool guy, or like because you you see him in an early scene, Some, he just walks locker. past. So he was like there, he was around somehow. Right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I don't recall pool guy. I don't remember. They had an enormous pool. That's why I said pool guy, but maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it wasn't the pool. That was an enormous pool. That's the mansion that they shot the horse head in the bed scene for The Godfather. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Little fact. You know, I love the little, little factoids cool. here and there. Cool, Dennis. <laughs> I watched The Family Guy. They did The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Peter wakes up, horse in the bed, and Stewie just comes in. I've been looking for this. It's just like one of those toys with the uh. stick under it. Walks out. I'm like, yeah, that was like That's sometimes good. just the simplest thing. Yeah, is like yeah, the yeah. funniest. Mm. All right. Did we do it? I think we're there. Episode 134. Housekeeping. The Bodyguard. Next week, we're doing The Wonder. There you go. Not sure I know what that is about. but I forget what it's about. Oh, I think it's about some little uh, Irish chick who doesn't get uh, doesn't eat food. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's the opposite of my story. It's not <laughs> <laughs> It's not Aquaman with a top hat? <laughs> I don't think it's Aquaman. No, it's not Aquaman oh, with a okay. top hat. Right, we were right. thinking about doing that, but... Uh, yeah, um, so listen, check out the podcast's Instagram for the whole schedule for this month uh, at Netflix Book Club Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Dennis Rooney 7 Mike, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter, while it still exists, and Instagram, underscore Mike Tui. What's that? Uh, the underscore, I'm glad you asked. Underscore. Underscore. Haven't done this in a That's in what a I have. <clears throat> you know what to do. You got to hit shift and hit the dash. <laughs> and you bring that dash down to the floor. That's the underscore. Mike Toohey on all social media. Getting a little tired of that fit, are you? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Why'd you make me do it again, Dennis? <laughs> all right. Adios, muchachos. Adios. Like my heart. <laughs>